What is happening, party people, and welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, and this one's going to be a solo, and there's a lot of crazy stuff. I want to talk to you about some things, but first, let's talk about the movie and what I will be talking over. I'm going on a, I'm going on a, uh, a little binge, a little trend, a little run. I'm going to do a couple of solos on these, probably actually more than a couple, but it caught my eye, it caught my attention, I got fired up about it. I'm like, you know what, I haven't done some solos in a while, and my last real big bunches of solos was The Human Centipede series and oof, that was rough on me but you know it saved it from being rough on you if you will right and it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it i know you guys enjoyed it by the downloads i appreciate all the listeners so thank you very much we're going to go on a little grizzly bear trend a little gri grizzly bear kick and we're kicking it off with the 1976 classic grizzly it's an american horror thriller directed by william girdler about a park ranger's attempt to halt the wild rampage of an 18-foot-tall, 2,000-pound, man-eating grizzly bear terrifying a national forest. And why is he terrifying that national forest? Ooh, <laughs> he's got a taste for flesh. Human flesh. And if this sounds a little weird, my headphones broke. There's going to be a picture of this, right? Uh, I, back in the day, so I was working with my buddy Andy. I'm hitting play right now. I'm a, a couple minutes in on the film. People are walking up to the stand. They're checking some things out. So it's with my buddy Andy. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a little allergies, man. They're so bad. Cedar is at an all-time high. So I'm with my buddy Andy. And uh, we're doing this startup thing, and we're, we're buying wacky stuff and just checking things out and just having a lot of fun. And uh, I found this old-school, you know, 70s, 80s, early 90s uh, phone receiver that you could actually plug into the bottom of your phone, now an Android phone before, an Apple phone or an Android phone, and you could have conversations. And it looked like you were talking on an old school telephone, but it was just the plug-in feature, right? It was kind of fun, it was like a little headset. My headset broke, so this is what I'm working with. This is what I'm uh, work, work, working with, and this is what I got. Now, I know that uh, we kicked everything off um, right after uh, the Christmas break. You know, I, I took the, a little holiday time off and then, um, you know, brought, came in strong with Nelson Tressler, Lucky Sperm Club, talking over Red Dawn. And then had two other things booked and, you know, life sometimes jumps in and it, it gets a little crazy, right? And that, that's one part, right? But the other part is, you know, it's, it's January 16th and the other, the other part is what happened 10 days ago. And it was really impactful to me because, you know, it, it talked about and it, it really addressed the power of words, you know, and, and influence and what someone can and can't do, and especially with a, with a platform, right? And then it also showed 
a lot of other things, and, and I, w- I want to talk about those, right? So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna delve into some some stuff that's, that's a little more relevant, and of, as far as the time period that we're currently living in. If you're listening to this ten years down the road, you'll be like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Just look in a history book and look for the bonfire, and that crazy fire is America on fire. That's all it is, right? So, <clears throat> pardon me, man. I'll tell you what. I got a little ha in my throat. And I, it keeps getting me. I apologize. I know that that's, uh, that's horrible. I might have to take this thing away and just try to hawk it up real quick. And that's such a gross term. There's going to be a lady going, oh, I'm turning this up. And I don't blame you. And some sensitive, you know, stomach. So one, one second, please. Pardon me. Let's see if that worked. Wow, that was really loud. I can probably just cut that out when I edit, but then you're going to be like, what'd you cut out when you edited, man? I thought you didn't edit this podcast, bro. I don't. It's in there. I apologize. Okay, so, you know, the Capitol was stormed by some crazy people uh, that were, you know, you know, I'm not jumping into their heads at all. I don't want to. I don't want to know what they were thinking. I don't want to assume what they were thinking. In fact, quite the opposite. I want to talk more about discourse and what's going on. You know, a good friend of mine brought up this question. He goes, do you, do you still believe in free speech? Uh, yes, 100% I still believe in free speech. But there is a cost to free speech. There is an absolute cost to free speech. And that cost is education. See, it's, it's nice to have free speech and it's wonderful, but if you don't have education, then it's inconsequential because then the ones who are educated are talking to the uneducated. And then you have, well, let's take a prime example in history. What happened when we thought the earth was flat, right? We thought the earth was flat and these educated people and these religious people, or the earth is the center of the universe and it's flat. And another person with education came along and said, it's actually round and we're not the center of the universe, right? And so what happens? Discourse happens, but it's not polite discourse. In fact, you know, he's pushed into hiding. And and, I, and by the way, I'm not making this analogy to justify anything that was done at the Capitol or any other actions, whether they were riots in the summer and burning, da- burning uh, you know, buildings in cities or, or attacking or assaulting people. This is not a justification. This is an analogy to tell you that education is so important and understanding how to communicate is so, so important. So anyways, you know, we, we find out later, oh, the earth is round. Oh, it's not the center of the universe. Right, so we learn more, but as you learn more, you have to educate. You have to continually educate. If you don't, and all you have to do is look around this country, right? The, uh, when you're moving, if you're gonna move, let's say from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas, and there's a lot of people doing that, and you're a family and you have a couple of kids, one's in elementary school, one's in middle school, you're buying a home, one of the first things you're looking for and looking at is the ratings of the schools. Now here's what's terrifying. You can live in South Austin, in areas like Circle C and in Buda and in other areas that are a little farther south, and you might see schools that are eight, nines, and tens. Eight, nines, and tens, you're like, wow, man, those are good. But I also, I really like nice restaurants. I don't wanna to drive too far. The wife and I, sometimes, you know, we grab a glass of wine or two, and it's just, you know, it'd be interesting. So, I wanna live closer to downtown. I wanna live in Travis Heights, and Travis Heights is a beautiful area, great. Great shots of the city depending on where you live, but also very walkable. Very walkable to the South Congress area. I'm like a tour guide for Austin, Texas right now. But hey, I live there. You guys know that. So there you are. You're right there having fun. But the schools are twos and threes. 
So your kid's not gonna get a good education, but you can walk to the coffee shop. Or you can drive a mile to, to the coffee shop, two miles to the coffee shop in suburbia, and your kid gets a, a, a great education. So which one do you want? Well, I guess my general pushback is, is why, why is that, why is that there? Why are the schools dog shit in, in, in Austin, in downtown Austin, unless they're private? And why are they good in suburbia? Why do we accept that? Why is that okay? And, and see what happens is, is so now you're, you're lowering a bar and you're not challenging these kids and you're, and you're not giving them the best foot forward. So then when someone comes up and pretends to be educated and says, no, the earth is flat and let me tell you why, they are more easily manipulated. And more importantly, because they didn't, the, the education system is so broken, they're not, they're not learning about discourse and debate. They're not learning about, a, about how to have a thoughtful conversation. They're not learning about how to agree to disagree. They're not learning any of that. Instead, what we're seeing and what we've been taught is what? I don't like what you're saying. Get out of here. But get out of here. And sometimes it's a social media platform, right? And and their their thought process, and it's not broken because once again, we're not in an education mode, right? So it's not broken to be like, hey, these people are not are, are very manipulative and they have they have uh, they've created a strong, almost cult-like following. And people will do whatever they say, and because of that, we don't want to give them a voice. But the problem with that is, is that when you don't give them a voice, it only empowers them with their cult. And it creates interest with other people that are moderately educated. And they go, well, hey, I wonder what that person's saying. I wonder what's true. I wonder what's false about that. I wonder, wonder, wonder. And now you're wondering. And now you get this dull, kind of dumb middle ground, right? Where they're, they're challenging thoughts when their friends go, hey, just as an FYI, that's fucking dumb. And if you bring it up again, you're out of the group. You're off the socials, you're out of the group. We're not talking to you anymore. You're out of the group. And so then we're, then you're pushing them over to that side. And you can't just push them over to that side, right? You have to, you, you've, got to you've got to understand how to have a conversation. You have to understand how to be honest and, and, and open and 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 share with them thoughts and ideas. Now, does this solve every problem? No. But you tell me where education doesn't uh, help. You know, we're not going to save everyone. But if we can create a better baseline of education moving forward, a stronger baseline of education moving forward, we're going to win. We just are. And we're not doing it. We don't invest in it at all. We don't invest, and everyone can talk about, you know, oh, education, I wish the Air Force had a bake sale. That was a big thing when I was growing up as a kid. Shut up, because you don't vote that way, fuck nuts. You don't. You know what you do? You, you piss and you moan. You don't, you don't understand the school board. You don't understand anything that's going on. You know, all of a sudden, you're like, I'm paying all these taxes, and yet I still have to buy more school supplies. I still have to help the teacher out. Yeah, you know why? Because you didn't, you didn't vote, because you understand two things one there's a disconnect of our hearts and wallets and two there's a, there's a disconnect of our love for education and actually being educated because it takes work it takes absolute positive 100 percent work and nothing more and guess what we don't like work it's that simple if we all liked work and really really wanted to work it'd be great but we've put ourselves in positions where we don't want to work and then when the people do want to work we ensure that that's not going to be the best solution for them. You know, so if you're 
lower middle class or, or um, you know, or at the poverty level, it's not about effort and work as, as much as it's about opportunity, right? And so your mom or dad or mom and dad are working two or three jobs and they may be minimum wage jobs, so they have to. So now you're left to your own devices as a kid, right? And now you're in a school that's at one or a two or a three and you're left to your own devices and the teacher's getting paid $30,000 a year and half the kids aren't showing up. So why are they pushing it? Why are they working? And yeah, they're, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there are these cute teacher movies about the teachers that overcame and changed the inner city school and wow, that's amazing. Shut up. Stop. Because guess what? We never did anything. We just, we just applauded. We patted ourselves on the back and go, look, it can be done. And then it stopped. And then it was done. You guys, we're not, we, we don't put an effort. I'm not I mean, everyone doesn't put an effort, but our legislators don't put an effort. Our city council members don't put an effort. No one puts in the effort. And until we put in the effort, until we actually decide that education is, is important, and important enough that we're going to do it, that the kid who is hurting in school, that the parents and the teachers and the other people are going to rally around that student. And that the, and that the, the parent of that student is going to have the, uh, the, the pride to say, like, hey, leave my kid alone. And, you know, you can, you know, guess what? If we can do those things, if we can actually come together as a community and do that, we are going to win. We're going to win. And, and it's not going to be a fix overnight. Education isn't a fix overnight. It's a generational thing. But start now. Just start now. And guess what? You're not going to have the Capitol riots that you saw. You're not going to have the riots of the summer that, that, that we saw and, and the attacks on cities and federal buildings and courthouses and everything else and mayors. You're not going to have that. You know why you're not going to have it? Because those people are going to understand discourse and understanding. Go try to see a debate where someone is... Uh, it has a, has a different thought process. I think it's a Jordan Peterson, right, is, is one, and he'll try to go speak at a college, and kids are just standing up yelling and screaming, and for no reason. They don't even want to hear what he has to say. Now, whether you agree or disagree with him is inconsequential to the fact that you don't know what discourse is. You don't know how to have a debate. You don't know how to structure something. You've seen one side, not both sides. And that's the other thing. You know, when I was growing up, and I'm going to get off this soapbox here in a second, but when I was growing up, Bill Maher, uh, really, uh, you know, especially in my early, in my late teens, early twenties, right? He was, he was uh, very controversial, and you know, he, of course, he's you know an atheist, and and he's a Democrat, and he's very liberal, and my parents are Christian and, and very conservative men, and they didn't want to hear his name, they didn't want to hear his voice in the house at all. They didn't like him. They didn't like his show, Real Time. They didn't like his show before that when he got kicked off ABC. They didn't like any of his nonsense. They hated him. But you know what? If you don't know what he's saying, if he doesn't have a voice to say something, then you don't know how to debate, to debate him. You don't know how to win him over in some ways. And if you look at how he's changed from his first real time to where he is today, if you look at how his mind has changed, it's because Bill Maher brings on people that think differently than him. He also brings on people that think exactly the same as him. Obviously, his audience really supports him, and they should. They're his audience. They're his fans. But he brings different people on and he talks to different people. Now, has his mind totally changed? No. But has his discourse and his understanding and, his, and, his, and his, his debate always been there and always willing to be there? Yes. And my God, man, you don't have to like him, but you should listen. I don't like Trump. I don't. But you got to listen. You got to listen to what he's saying so you can so you can defend it. And if if you're not if you're going to be you know like a Stephanopoulos or or some or or any of these reporters that just flat out attack him and are just you know just so aggressive against him, 
it only bolsters the other people. They're like, look, that person's biased. Yeah, they are biased. Absolutely. And our news needs to do a better job of being unbiased. And they're not at all, right? But until we have those things, we're not going to have it. Because then, you know, Trump and he supports, well, support's a strong word. Uh, but you, there's, there's a lot of direction in the rhetoric of the Republican Party knowing that there were some aggressive conservatives out there that were going to do something, knowing that. And if they say they didn't know, you kick them right in the dick because they knew. They knew. And they still put stuff out. They still kept challenging things. They still kept moving forward. In, and, and they didn't do it properly. They really didn't because they, 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 they split hairs. And, and it pisses me off because Democrats do the same thing. So it's not, I'm not attacked, you know, all political parties, they split hairs, right? Hey, man, we never said insurrection. We never said attack the Capitol, da 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 da, da. But you did play on their emotions. You did play on who they are and, and, and where the weakness was and what was going on. You did, you know, you did go after things and decide that you can't do that, right? You did those things. You absolutely did, okay? You went after them, man. You went at, you, you, you played a game. You played a dark, dark game. Hold on one second, I apologize. Sorry about that, folks. So anyways, you know, it's just, there's gotta be a thing. I tell you what, my dog, sorry, driving me nuts. He just, he knows exactly when I'm on a roll and then he's just lapping up that water and banging into his cage uh, or his hotel. We should call, we call it a hotel. And if you saw it, I can take a picture. It's an open top. It's, he could jump out of it if he wanted to, but he feels trapped in there because, but he also just can't sit still and he's got to flop around and whine at me and I love him. He's beautiful, he's wonderful, he's a rescue. He also doesn't understand personal space or when I'm recording in any way, shape, or form. And you guys who have listened quite a bit know this. He is an absolute knucklehead, to say the least. But yeah, so anyways, you know, if, if what we've, yeah, I've, you know what, I've lost my train of thought a little bit. I apologize. Hold on, let me drink a drink. Hold on. Mm. Goodness gracious. All right, to the movie. Let's talk about this. It's crazy. Uh, grizzly bears. How do you transition from that political nonsense and then me losing my train of thought to grizzly bears. Well, one, 1976, the special effects aren't so special. So when I was on my soapbox ranting and raving and going crazy, a lady was attacked by the grizzly bear. So the grizzly bear has done his first two attacks. And I'm, I know I'm assuming gender. Let's just go with the grizzly bear is a he. Aggressive male grizzly bear in the woods. And uh, these two ladies were camping, right? And one lady went to use the restroom. She got her toilet paper. She was, she was off. The other lady was uh, packing up, and the grizzly bear, when he swung and hit her, shunk, the arm came off. Now, what it reminded me of, and what instantly jumped in the back of my head, and I don't know if you guys have seen this movie or not, Faces of Death. And I think this is, you know, let's let's do, and it, you know, the thing is, this stuff pops into my head, right? And so now we have to do, you know, Faces of Death. So if you're Googling, if you're playing the Google game, Faces of Death movie, like when did it first come out? So Faces of Death, it first came out in 78. So it's almost like the people from Faces of Death saw this movie and said, is there a video of someone getting their head knocked off? And if it is, let's put it in our movie because we just saw a lady get her head knocked off and her arm knocked off by a bear in this 76 movie, Grizzly. And there you have it. So pretty awesome, super exciting, 
love it, love the idea of it, love the concept of it. I'm just, I'm, I'm super, super excited about it, right? So that, I, I believe this is the conversation happening. And they did. Now, if you guys don't know the nostalgia, the whole idea of Faces of Death, man, let me tell you, it is absolutely positively crazy. So all it is is just a, a, a stream of videos, just a stream of videos of different ways people are dying or killing things. And when you were a kid, man, you would somehow in the late 80s there, you know, you'd go to the video store and it came out like some kid got it or some kid's dad got it or, or some kid's older brother got it. And then they watched it and it was like, oh, man, this is like real death caught on camera. I can't believe this is happening. Faces of death. What? And we might have to do a couple faces of death. We really might because it's just it's so crazy and we can just talk about each murder or death as it happens. In fact, that should be fun. I'm going to note that, right? Faces of death. We're going to, we're going to jump into faces of death in this, after the Grizzly series and I'll figure out who I'm going to watch it with. Maybe I'll watch it with uh, my boy John. It's always fun to watch stuff with him. i got to text him. Someone remind me. Email me. TalkingDuringMoviesPodcast at gmail.com. Jason, do faces of death. Don't forget. Bring John in. John, if you're listening, you're just going to text me. Faces of death. And uh, we'll knock it out of the park. Maybe we'll do it while I'm uh, traveling so it won't have to disturb the family knowing that it's film's been played in this house. So dark. And, it's, and some people think it's all fake, right? So that's the other part is some people think it's all fake. I don't know if it's fake or if it's real. There's, you know, who knows? And, and quite honestly, who cares? It was, and it's weird that death is so entertaining, right? It's, it's weird that horror films and death are, are, are so, so entertaining that we really pull from this this vulnerability part right of this of a man we're all you know i think rogan says right with this gender with a soft flesh suit man and and we really do have this arrogance like our mind has created this arrogance that we put up some glass and some wood and we're instantly safe we're instantly safe but trees wind water hail rocks they can take it all away in moments and then where are we then you're stuck outside Think about this, right? And this goes out to some, some people that I know, and I used to be one of these people, but I got a kid now, so I can't. Hey, folks, if you sleep naked, do you sleep naked? You are the most vulnerable. Let's say you're sleeping naked, and there's a winter storm comes through. Tomorrow night, what you're sleeping naked, winter storm comes through, tree hits your house with a power line, fire. Got to get out of the house. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. You, you listen. You don't. What do they say? First thing they say when your house is on fire is get out. You don't have time to save stuff except for your loved ones. Make sure every all the people, all the breathers, all the mouth breathers are getting out. Right. If you got time to grab the dog and the parakeet, fantastic. But you're not grabbing any belongings. So there you are. And let's say you kind of live a little out of town, and you got a garage, and now your car's burned. Your cell phone's gone, your house is on fire, it's winter, it's storming, and you're standing outside naked. Yeah. Now you're going to see how vulnerable your flesh suit is. Now you're going to see how vulnerable you are as a, a, um, out there with the true wild, right? Now you can stand kind of close, I guess, to the burning house, maybe, right? And uh, with that, uh, hopefully you get a little bit warm, but the fire's going to go out. And God knows what toxins are coming off of there. You're like, man, Jay, this is dark. Yeah, it is dark. That's why I sleep in pajamas now. Also, I sleep in pajamas because we have a, a young kid, and that young kid, uh, she can come in anytime she wants to. All right, so we're at the, we're at the crucial moment of, a set, of every great 70s film, which is 
beautiful lady, water, especially horror films, right? There's always going to be a, a mark of, hey, I can't believe this is happening, right? So here she is. She's the park ranger, and she has decided she's going to strip down to her chonies, and she's going to go swimming. And the bear is like a weird peeping Tom. This is a really smart bear, uh, and I use that term a little loosely, right? But a really smart bear because the bear is like peeking through the woods, trying to see this lady. You know this lady's going to die, right? So there she is, and oop, there she goes. And the bear was waiting in the waterfall. And what do we learn? Okay, you know, and this is too bad for this lady, right? It's too bad for her, and it's too bad for anyone until they heard this song. Come on, you know it. Come on. Wait, wait for it. That's right. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You stick to the streams and the rivers you're used to. All right. If she wouldn't have gone chasing waterfalls, she'd be alive right now. I don't know if she'd have been clothed. And that's got to be weird, dying in your underwear. You know, uh, dying naked or dying in your underwear is, is uh, that, that's a tough go, man. You can't, you can't do that. You really can't. You gotta, you gotta figure something out, right? You just do. You gotta figure it out. I, I love the fact that you know we're we're getting people knocked off right and left. You've got all these park rangers going out looking for this bear. One thing I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen one gun yet. So we are, you know, we're, we're like 25 minutes into this movie just about. I haven't seen a gun yet. Not one gun. You got, I mean, this guy's smoking cigarettes. He's perplexed. He's confused. His secretary's got a beautiful sweater on. She looks concerned as all hell. And she should be. Because there is a man-eating grizzly bear out there. I like her hair. I don't like his hair too much. It looks like his hair got cut by a floby. If you don't know what that is... You go look up Floby right now. It's all the fun of the haircut. None of the mess. They took razor blades. Razor blades. Spun them around in a centrifugal force that you then, you just, you, you connected it to your vacuum to create that. It would just basically like the vacuum would, the pull from the vacuum would spin the blades and you'd put different sized attachments on the end and then it would pull your hair into the hose that would then be cut by the blades, they would go right into your vacuum bag. And think about that. And then think about a dull blade. <laughs> or think about your hair getting caught. And I was just ripping chunks of hair out. It's the, the 70s and 80s were, early 80s were a magical, magical time. Right? I mean, this is when you could order stuff off a of TV, 1 800, whatever, right? Clap on, clap off the clapper. Or when answering machines first came out, you could, uh, you could actually buy tapes that would uh, leave messages, right? So th they would give someone a message, letting them, ensuring letting them know that you uh, you were not home, right? So they're like, hey, now you can rob me. I'm not home. And there was, I, there was always one I remember. You got to wait for the beep. You got to leave your name. You got to leave your number. Wait for the beep, right? And she's like, okay, I got it. You got to wait for the beep. Leave your name. You don't have to repeat it, but thanks. And then the beep would happen. Now, sometimes what we did because we were crafty, right? So some, some houses, you'd have two home phones. So I'd go over to my buddy's house. He has two home phones. You, uh, you call someone, right? And you know that they aren't home. And this is the answering machine game. Like, it doesn't work now because everyone has a cell phone. It's always with them. You don't know if they're home or not. You've got to ask them, hey, are you home? You know, if it's a weird person, you're not going to say, oh, no, I'm not home. Please go rob my house, right? And then you've got ring doorbell cams that are connected to phones. And then you can, you know, if someone walks up, you can talk to them and say, hey, fuck nuts, what are you doing? Why are you near my house? Hey, grizzly bear, get out of my yard. Now I know who's shitting in my yard and tearing down my trees. You're a horrible grizzly bear. 
But back then you didn't have that. So you just had these answering machines. So if you missed a call, you could just leave a message. It was, it was very, very interesting, right? So what you'd do is you'd call up and you'd have another friend on the other phone in the house, right? And they would, as soon as it started ringing, they'd pick up their phones. It's almost like you could listen into the conversation. But then the recording happens. And this is where it's crucial. This was so much fun. It freaked my friend out. So we call her up. You know, obviously, hey, Ginger, I'm not home right now. Please leave a message and I will call you back. So I'm like, hey, Ginger, it's me. Uh, you know what? Hey, I found a gun. The guy's got a gun, but he's got like a rifle, man. And it looks bolt action. You got you to have semi-automatic, bro. You got to get the AK. You got to get a 220. You, you got to get a, a semi-automatic shotgun. That's your jam. Get that semi-automatic shotgun. Blasting people. You know, you got to start. You got you to gotta, you, you gotta get a better gun. So anyways. Call up, hi, this is Ginger. I'm at home right now. Please leave a message. Hey, Ginger, this is Jason. I uh, wanted to see what you're doing Friday. And, um, you know, just, just see how life's going. Why don't you give me a call back? And then my friend speaks. Hey, uh, hello? Uh, I'm sorry, is someone at Ginger's house? Yeah, yeah, Ginger, when she's at work, uh, so I, I used to be the tenant here. And I'll just, I'll come in. Can you let her know she's uh, out of bread? And uh, she's low on milk. That'd be great because, um, you know, I wanted to make a sandwich today, but I couldn't. So I'm just need a couple of her eggs. Thanks. And then you both hang up. So then you got to go over to Ginger's house. It's it gets a little hairy, right? But, you know, Ginger's a friend. Maybe you have a key. Maybe you know the way to break into her house or apartment. You break in. You steal the bread. You pour out part of the milk. And you crack open a couple eggs. And then she comes home. Here's the message freaks out and you're like why would you do this well listen we were bored it was a different time it was an absolute different time and this was funny to us I'm not saying it's funny now especially with you know people and guns and security systems and police response and you know it's it's a different time don't do it now but back in the day it was fun now that I'm reflecting on it probably gave her some heart failure probably not the nicest thing to do ginger if you're listening uh, I apologize I'm not always the, the, the best with, with certain things. There's a woodsman here. I don't know if you guys saw the documentary Grizzly Man, but the, he kind of reminds me of, like, I think this guy inspired Grizzly Man. He's got a long john, he's got a plaid shirt, he's got a denim jacket, and then he also has a hide on him. And then a ball cap. <laughs> this guy's got a, he's just walking around in the woods with a hide on him. Like, that's his camouflage. Sir, don't know. You can't do that. A hide? No way. I can't believe, you know, I mean, you just can't walk around the woods with a hide. You're going to, someone, this is why people think there are, this is why people think Sasquatch exists. Because people are camouflage. No, I'm just going to wear fur or a dead animal fur. I'm going to run around the woods in my dead animal fur and just be an asshole. <laughs> Scaring people. They're going to get shot. Now there's a grizzly bear on the loose, right? It's just, it's nuts. Now, with the grizzly bear on the loose, and let's, we're going to go, what, three people dead? Oh, we're at three people dead so far, right? So we're 30 plus minutes in, and we're three people dead. And I'm telling you what, some people are about to do the hippity dippity, man. This guy, he's got the, the beanie on, he's drinking the Schlitz beer. Dirt, dude, if you don't remember, Schlitz gives you shits. This lady's going into her tent, she's putting on a little perfume. Let me tell you something. This is the key factor for death in any horror film. Any horror film. You want to die? Knock boots. That's right, Candyman, and we still keep on knocking them boots. You do that, you're going to die. 
and she's getting ready to die. She's, she's, she's getting all dolled up for the camping, and here comes the bear. Uh-oh. Oh, dude, just taken right out of the tent. Oh, people, don't run towards it. You get in your, oh, man, this, I mean, this bear is just picking her up. It's amazing. It's like she's actually it looks like she's kind of on a swing. What's weird, though, is the bear is not really eating the people. Just killing them. You know, the, the description says the bear has a taste for human flesh. Eh, I don't know if the bear has a taste for you. I think the bear has a, has, a, has a piece of aggression. If he had a taste for human flesh, all those people would have been eaten. At least the victims would have been eaten, right? The bear is just attacking people. It's like, I mean, this poor guy, one minute he thinks he's going to get laid. The next minute he's watching his girl get destroyed by an 18-foot-tall, 2,000-pound grizzly bear. I mean, just a monster. What would you do? You're walking around, you see that bear. You got to give yourself pause because you're not you're not winning, right? There's there's not a fight. There's not a moment where you're going to win unless you have a very powerful gun. You just resign yourself. Now, people will say curl up in a ball. And they're correct. You got to curl up in a ball. You got to you got to wait it out, right? Bears like to eat live stuff, you know, but the, I guess they attack live stuff. I don't know exactly how that, you know, that theory works. I was always told uh, if a bear is coming after you and you can run downhill because they're not able to run downhill because their back legs are so much bigger than their front legs and they'll just roll. Now, at least don't get rolled over by them, right? But let them wipe out and then try to get away that way. You know, uh, they'll definitely beat you running up a hill and the motherfuckers climb trees. And if they can't climb the tree, they'll just push it over, okay? So you're really, you've got to, you know, in my advice, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have a big powerful gun, you don't know how bears track, there are people who are, think they're tracking a bear and the bear will walk in a circle knowing it's being tracked to come up behind you and bite your head off. And you're like, Jason, stop. I will not stop. It's a scientific fact. But back to curling up and playing dead. So a lot of people say play dead. So you play dead. Here's the thing. And I brought this up with uh, Jesse May Pelusa, and I'll bring it up again. Bears eat you butt first. They do. They're perverts. Bears, a yogi bear, if he's going to kill you, he's going to start by eating your ass. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, there's a sign, there, there's a method behind the madness, right? So if they can take away your back legs, if they can take away your, your hindquarters or parts of your hindquarters, right? If they can do that, then what happens is, is that you, have a, you can't run away. So if you can't run away, you, and then you know, obviously you're not getting away, or if you're trying to get away, it's going to be a very, very slow process. But trying to get a way to do this, the bear can leave and come back and eat some more. You know, the only bad part is if the wolves come up and then start nibbling on you. Or, not even wolves, badgers, wolverines, you know, uh, eagles. Can you imagine you're barely alive, you're dragging yourself. It's just a horrible, horrible, what you're like, oh man, I, I, a bear just ate my ass. I'm barely alive. Eagle swoops down, lands on your back, starts taking this big beak and just starts pulling at your flesh. Oh, well now we got guns. Now we got guns and hunters. Guns and hunters and no one in this movie has taken a hunter safety course. Not one. They're pointing guns at one another. Folks, at least, I mean, you only got 10 guys out of the 30 guys that are out there, maybe 10, less than 10 are in hunter's orange. They're all running together. They're running back and forth. They're pointing guns at one another. I mean, these guys don't know what they're doing. This dude's got a bolt action. Sir, You open sight bolt action. It, buddy, you got to, come on now. And they're all bunched up, man. You got to spread out. 
You got to spread out. I like the sign. No hunting. Bitch, they're not hunting. They're killing. There's a difference. There's a big difference between hunting and killing. But I will say where there's not a difference. And the difference is that they're going to shoot each other. Someone is going to shoot someone else because these fools do not know how to carry guns. It's just, I mean, if you're running a hunter safety course, let's say you're in Podunk, Montana, you know, it's 1976, you, you run a hunter safety course and you're just like, man, this is crazy. Let's go uh, check this movie out. And you watch these people walking around with guns, you would freak out. You, I mean, I would probably stand up and leave the, leave the movie theater. I'd grab my milk duds, my big Coca-Cola, and my small popcorn, and I would go home. Because there's no way. These cats do not know what they're doing. And when there's a huge grizzly bear out there attacking people in all different ways, the park ranger and his two buddies are driving around in a convertible Jeep Scout, essentially. You're driving around in a convertible, you dummy. You don't think that when you drive next to the bear, if the bear's right there, you're like, oh, turn around. You don't think he's not just going to swat your head right off? You're crazy. That's what happened in Phases of Death. Full circle. Look at me go. Can't believe it. But yeah, I mean, come on. You know, you got you to gotta be better than this. We were, uh, I love this idea of, you know, of, of hunting. And I don't, I don't know if any of you hunted. And I know I've got some friends that are vegan and uh, they're absolutely positively against hunting and I, I respect that. Uh, I politely disagree with you. Um, it's not that you're wrong and I'm right or you know you know I'm wrong and you're right. We see the world differently and that's okay. Now to their point and to a very fair point, is it abused? Sure. Is factory farming gross? Yeah. Can we talk about the first time a guy, you know, was drinking milk from a cow? Like, how did that come about? That's a weird conversation. Think about the weirdest thing you've seen a friend do. Think about, you know, walking in your friend doing something weird. I don't know. What? I, who knows what it could be? I'll tell you what it's not weird. It's going to be, you know, outside of Burt Kreischer banging his dog, right? Outside of that, what, what do you got? Honestly. You know, that's a joke. You know, it's a big thing on Two Bears, One Cave. This guy has a gun, sees the bear, drops his gun, and tries to run. Sir, I just said you can't run away from bears. They're, they're too fast. Even in those woods, they're too fast. You're not going to hide behind a tree either. Man, the bears, and you dropped your gun. Like, why are you getting rid of your gun? That's what you need. Oh, he's sliding down a tree. It's very interesting. There's no branches on that tree. And I'm just, I'm shocked. But bears are too fast. You can't do this. You can't do this, right? You just can't. But anyway, so back to the weird stuff. So what, one, A, I mean, I'm sure he saw, you know, the cow and then the calf come and drink and maybe he was thirsty, but cows are big. And I don't think cows are always docile, right? I don't think you just roll up to a cow and be like, hey, Mr. Cow, what's up, bro? You don't mind if I get, I mean, you're going to get kicked in the head. They're huge animals, right? You don't want to fuck with cows. You just don't. And especially just grabbing their tits right? Listen, if women were nine feet tall and they were 400 pounds and they had 3% body fat and you just went up and oh, played a little tune in Tokyo, right? You're going to get murdered. And I'm not trying to compare women to cattle just as far as a size and grab thing. You just don't do that kind of stuff. You're just, you have self-preservation in mind. So I don't know how thirsty or hungry this person was, right? I have no idea. Or if they tried to maybe shoot a cow with a bow and arrow and they missed, and the arrow went through the milk bag. They're like, what's that white stuff? That's crazy. We should lick it up. But nonetheless, it happened at some point, somewhere, 
Some weird fucking guy. I mean, really, really weird person. Drank some milk. And we're like, this is pretty good. You know what I mean? You got goats and you got camel's milk. You got all these different kinds of milk out there. Almond milk, you know, for the for the people that, that don't do the animal thing. But then you got to think about water. Here's, and, and this is going somewhere, trust me, okay? But I don't want to jump the shark yet. So, and I do that a lot, right? But th th think about this, and this is crazy, right? So we have all these things, all this stuff going on, all of this randomness happening. And, you're, and it's life, and you're surviving, and you milk a cow. You milk a cow. Yeah. I mean, you're milking a cow, you fucking weirdo. You're milking a cow. It's just weird. I'm not saying milk tastes horrible. I'm saying it's weird. And the first guy who did it was really weird. He was into some kinky shit. All right? It was not okay what that guy was doing. It's just not. And, he, and he, trust me, he was the weird guy. And the, you know, sometimes, you know, they say, oh, look what the nerds are doing. You know, uh, the nerds are taking over. Yeah, well, back in the day, weird people who found weird shit took over, right? At, at one point in time, the cow milk drinking guy, right? He was the weirdest guy in town, right? He was a pervert. He was a weirdo. Everyone stayed away. No one liked him, right? He was, he was, the, he was the, the Ted Cruz of the group, right? He just was. He was just weird. And then what? He milked a cow. And then he, had, then he talked to one of his, one of his cousins, that were weirded out by him, but just, you know, said, uh, you know, just give him a minute, you know, give him a minute, tried the milk, was like, shit, that's good. And now all of a sudden you got a whole town addicted to milk and this guy's the fucking mayor. And then, you know, God has to smite the town and then a hurricane comes or a tornado comes and wipes the whole town out because they start worshiping the guy who milks cows. And that's how cults start, right? That's how cults start. But now let's get to this other thing that I've been thinking about. So... Whether it's cars in California, whether it's, you know, and, and saying we're going off gas, we're going fully electric, or whether it's cows and saying we don't milk cows, milk no, almond milk, cashew milk. Here's, here's the thing. We don't, we, we, we do these, we make these arbitrary decisions, right? But we don't understand the impact of our decisions a lot of the times. We just don't. And it's, it's, it's pretty sad, and, it, and it, <clears throat> it really bums me out. You know, you want to go, hey, uh, gas is bad. And I'm not saying gas is good. I'm not saying fracking is good. But when you think about gas being bad, and you think about fracking being bad, we also, we go, well, electric cars, they're clean. Well, we get a lot of electricity from coal, right? So it's not clean. And then how do you get those batteries? And where do you get the stuff that makes the batteries? Oh, that's slave labor. Dang it. But, you know, we're being told it's clean. Okay, well, it's clean, so... But can I ignore the slaves just for a little bit and feel good about myself? And then where do we put the batteries and they're gone? Oh, yeah, they're super toxic. Really, really bad for the environment if they break open. So we got to be careful about how, how we handle them, which obviously we're not very good at. Think about nuclear reactors. Think about Three Mile Island. Think about Fukushima. Think about Chernobyl. We're not good at these things, right? We, and we know we're not. That's the funny part. We know we're not good at this shit. We know that easy answers aren't our bag. They're just not. Because they're actually not ever easy. So from cell phones to computers, and we, we buy them all, right? And no one, no one picks up their cell phone and goes, man, this was made with slave labor. 
Apple, a trillion dollar valued company, is paying people 10 cents on the hour to make this phone. And if they do try to get out or they do try to kill themselves, we have nets around the building. Nets around the building. And those nets, if they jump out, boop, they get to land where? On the net. And they roll right back in and they get to go back to work. Right? So we don't think about that. We don't think about the environmental costs of creating this at, in any way, shape, or form. We don't think about those at all. My nose is itching like crazy. We don't think about those. And then we don't think about the long-term impact. We think about the short-term, hey, someone told me this was bad impact. Right? Someone told me gas is bad uh, you know, and burning fossil fuels is bad, so let's go battery. Okay, well, batteries are bad. So, well, now I'm playing game of what's worse. Well, I don't know what's worse because you know, everyone's got an agenda. No one's a Joe Friday. No one comes in with just the facts. No one's going to sit down and talk to Elon Musk about Tesla batteries, about how he gets them, where he gets the special, special ingredients that you have to pull out of the earth. And who pulls those ingredients out of the earth? And how are those people being paid? And what does that system look like? No one wants to address that, right? No one wants to look at that and say, man, ooh, we didn't think about that. You know, it, the idea of oil, at least in the U.S. here, has evolved quite a bit, right? You, people get paid very well to pull stuff out of the earth when it comes to fracking and oil and, and, and those things. You know, we don't have the uh, the space. We don't, we don't have the, the, uh, the special minerals and ingredients, if you will, to make batteries here in the U.S., right? So we've got to go somewhere else. We've got to go to a third world country or a second world country. And they're not known for their OSHA. They're not known for taking care of their people. They're known for a couple people getting rich and keeping everyone else uber, uber poor. I mean, the poorest of the poor, just keeping them absolutely poor. That's what they're known for. So in the world of being known for that, in the idea of being known for that, you have to ask yourself, folks. I mean, you really, really have to ask yourself, what are we doing? You know, we're never, you never take the pause, right? And heaven forbid you say, man, electric cars are bad. People will, you know, hey, by the way, California, you want to bring all electric cars? You can't handle a hot day without rolling blackouts, right? Your, your, power, your, your grid system is maxed out and it's antiquated and broken. In fact, the U.S. electrical grid system is antiquated and broken. You want to go electric cars? You want to shut the whole thing down? Do I want to charge my car and drive somewhere or do I want AC on? Man, it's 125 degrees outside. What do I want to do? And not only do I have to decide that, but all of my neighbors have to decide that at the same time as well. What are we going to do? Because you can't do both. It's going to shut the grid down. And where am I getting this power from? Am I building more dams? Okay. But then where do the fish go? How does salmon swim upstream? Right? Where do fish go? You know, because they like to go back to the little spot where they were born and drop their eggs off, right? They have a little, their, their mating rituals. They have their ideas. They have, they have what they're doing. Okay? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Oh, wait. We haven't thought about that because we just think about ourselves. Wind energy. Fantastic. Love it. But then you're going to have some rich cunt going, I don't want to see windmills. Okay, well, that rich person pays a lot of taxes, has a lot of influence. They're not going to see windmills. Solar. All right, well, we got to work a little bit better at solar. I had a neighbor. He got solar on his house. It's awesome. He loves it. It took the electric company 90 days to come out to turn a switch because they didn't want to lose the revenue because they don't care 
about you. They don't care about the planet. They don't care about anything but lining their pockets. Heart, wallet, huge disconnect, right? And we just have them. We have this huge disconnect. I'm so sorry. One second. I got to I gotta rub sandpaper across my nose and my face. My allergies are absolutely atrocious. One moment. I so apologize. Jesus, man. All right. There we go. So, you know, you've got these things and we don't, we don't think through it. We just don't. You know, should we be on solar? Yeah. If, if, if Edison Electric or whatever your local electric company actually backed solar back in the day, it was like, we'll give you solar. You're still making your money then. So you, you, if, if capitalism was actually incentivized to, you know, and entrepreneurs were incentivized instead of, you know, this idea, this construct of competition versus adoption, man, a lot. I mean, imagine the first person that comes up with really good solar here in Austin. They go to Austin Electric and they go, hey, man, we got this solar company. We want you guys to invest in it. And they're like, no, you're going to take money away from us. That's the first thought. That's the first thought versus the first thought being what? What should the first thought be? Hey, man, how can we partner with this person? What can we do that's going to make this really sing, right? Can, could we now just have a, a second if you will, idea of what this looks like, a second thought concept um, of how to generate revenue. Ooh, we could. So we could, we could, you know, we, we could uh, cut them a check, and then we're gonna ease up the the system, the grid, right? In fact, they're gonna they're gonna create more power for us, which is fantastic. Oh, and the leasing part of this, when you when you lease these for 10, 20, 30 years until you need new ones, just like a car, right? We'll run that, we'll finance that because we have the ability to. Now, if you did that, right, now that's smart thinking, but no, dum-dums, they don't have that smart thinking. They have that, they're gonna take something from me. This is bad, you know, this is bad. And then we're the same dum-dums, right? When we go, ooh, gas car bad, battery car good. No, both are bad, both are bad, and they're not good, you know? Think about the fact that how we don't recycle rubber and don't know how to recycle rubber. You know we're running out of rubber trees? How weird is that? That we get rubber from trees? We're running out of them. We're literally running out of rubber trees. Stop and think about that. Just just give yourself a pause in a moment. You know? Because we don't know how to recycle it right. We we just we don't think twenty steps ahead. We don't think five steps ahead. We don't think at all. We just react. And why do we react? Let's go big full circle. Education, discourse, understanding, reaction, aggressive reaction without thought, without process, without idea, without understanding circumstances, both positive and negative for the solution you're providing creates the situation that we're in politically, environmentally, socially. It just does. It just does folks, you know, you, uh, you overhunt one thing and guess what? That's right. Then something else spawns up. I mean, you know, uh, what, they've got a huge cat infestation in, in, uh, in Australia, right? They, and we have, we have problems all over the earth like this. This is, this is nothing new. This is just something that just happens. God, my nose. I don't know if you guys can hear this. I, I'm excited to hear how good or bad this recording is going to be with, uh, with my, um, handheld, phone headset here. I got, I got my, uh, 
I do have new headphones coming in. So Grizzly 2, which, oof, boy, folks, you got to Google some Grizzly 2 action and see all the great actors and actresses that are in that movie. You just have to. You really do. You're like, Jesus, Jason, can you keep a train of thought? I can't. My brain is broken, folks. It just runs from one end to the other, from one spectrum to the other. It's just zigging and zagging and zooming everywhere. I just, and you know me, I get fired up and, I, and my, my mind goes and, I, you know, and how do you tangentially tie all that stuff together and then just wrap it up with an education bow? I don't know, I'm a moron. Or maybe I'm super smart. Who knows? Maybe, maybe my, my wisdom will not be recognized for a hundred years or a thousand or maybe never at all. Who knows? I'll tell you what, this bear is sneaky. Now, I do wonder about the sneakiness. I mean, you know, I just told you how sneaky bears were, how crafty they were, how they can circle back on you when you're a hunter and you have to be very careful when hunting bear, right? You have to be very, very careful. And it seems like this bear is quite the adept hunter, quite the adept hunter. I think this guy is, uh, I wonder if the bear is going to climb up or if it's gonna knock his post down and then eat him. Put bets down, put your bets down. What do you think? Email me talking during movies podcast at gmail.com when the park ranger is up in his perch. Right, they build these things where they can kind of stand up, they look for forest fires, maybe avalanches, people. When he's up there, what is he gonna see? Right? What is gonna happen? I don't know why he needs binoculars to look down below. It's not that high. There's the bear. Oh man, that's a beautiful big grizzly. It really is. Now, oh, is he gonna climb up? Oh no, see, he's pushing. See, this is what I was talking about, about, um, about bears being able to push down um, trees, right? This is one of those big stands. And this bear is just like, fuck you. I'm going to push this over. You have no idea. And he's like, come to the ranger station. I'm in the ranger stand. Dude, get your gun. Get your gun. You know what's interesting is you, you just have to shoot that gun. And generally speaking, the bear will run away. They don't, they don't like that sound, right? They, they know that sounds bad, right? So they, 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 they really try to get away from that sound. However, because of crashing polar ice caps and, and all the other noises that happen, guess what? Polar bears don't care. You fire a gun at a polar bear and that mug is not going to stop. They'll keep running at you. Polar bears, uh, much like this bear, are one of the few bears that actually, like, just for joy, just for who they are and what they want to do and what they want to be, they hunt people. They see people as food. They are true man-eaters. So that cute polar bear, that, that commercial, especially around Christmas, and it, I think it, you know, it comes back in January, February, when the snow's really hitting hard in the, in the Northwest, right? Guess what you see? That's right. You see the polar bear, and it's got its Coca-Cola, and then the little polar bear slides down. It's like, what's this? It's like, it's a Coca-Cola. It's like, what is a Coca-Cola? It's like, it's a Coca-Cola. And they have the Coca-Cola, and it's so cute, and the kid's like, I want a polar bear. Then you got to show them the National Geographic where the people drive the bus up and see the polar bear and the polar bear is trying to get in to eat them because polar bears love to eat people. They love to hunt. They are just, you know, and, and as, as we slowly destroy this earth, you know, we're doing a really good job. We're trying to speed it up as fast as we can just so we can live on Mars or whatever. And I got a thought about this. But, you know, folks, hey, as we're doing all this, guess what? The polar bears are just moving south. Uh, and they're just breaking into towns. They're just, you know, kids, schools get closed because there's polar bears roaming around. You think your Honda Civic's beating a polar bear? You're wrong, all right? You're just wrong. Your Honda Civic's dead, all right? Your little Subaru tracker, your little four-wheel drive Subaru, it's dead, okay? The polar bear's breaking in, it's ripping a door off, and it's eating you, 
right? So you got to, we, we, we live with real monsters, real big monsters, real angry, hungry monsters that used to have stuff to eat that don't, right? We, we decided to go batting practice with baby seals. We took away some, we took away a lot of food. We still take away a lot of food. I mean, we're scraping the bottom of the ocean to get fish so that we can make fish fillets. Maybe we should treat fish fillet sandwiches, which are nasty as fuck. Maybe we should treat those like McRibs, right? Maybe we should all just take a day off from fishing or a week off, you know, and that includes our, our, our friends all around the world, right? Let's just take some time off, you know, and think about this. There really were monsters in the sea, right? The problem, we don't, why we don't have monsters in the sea? Why we don't have these super big fish outside of whales? And we don't worry, we're trying to kill those too. We're doing a fucking really good job, but guess why? Because we overfish. We we're, we're taking away these predators, right? And we're, we're not actually seeing the abundance of what the ocean can hold. We know the abundance of what it used to hold. We know that there's opportunity. We also know there's huge dead zones in the ocean, right? Where there's just nothing. We know there's huge, you know, uh, 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 trash zones in the ocean, right? They're like the size of like seven Texases. that are just sitting there, just floating around, just below the water, just churning and churning and churning. It's gross, man. It's really, really gross. And we just, we take it. And we're like, yeah, but it's not my backyard. And when it becomes your backyard, you freak out a little bit. Then someone offers you a, a quick fix solution. And you're like, yep, that sounds good. Let's go pick up trash. And let's throw it in the, in the landfill. What's the landfill? So the trash that, you know, well, if we just put trash in one area, then it's okay. Versus understanding how to be economically and environmentally responsible, right? Instead of just actually taking care of things. We just move one landfill to the other because we like this pretty area so it can't be a landfill. And we don't care about that area so it can be a landfill, right? I mean, think about that. You, we've just decided that one area is not pretty or what, it's, it's just not pretty enough and it's, it's just close enough but just far enough away that we just put trash there, right? You got floating barges outside of New York. I remember that. Like, where did that trash go? Where did that trash go? Shit, I don't know. No one knows. Well, someone knows, obviously, but none of us know. Unless you're in the unless you're in the uh, trash business, and if you are, man, get at me. Let me know what you think. All right, but you know, there, there's tons of movies out there. This is one where really the animal's pushing back. And if you think about the subtle undercurrent of this, right? This animal's like, hey, man, you're in my spot. This always drives me nuts. It's like people freak out. They're like, there is a shark in the ocean. Yeah. No, but there's a shark in the ocean. No, no, I, I know, dude. There's a shark in the ocean. Holy shit, freaking out. Well, that's their house. That's like walking into your house going, I'm in my house. And people are like, what? You're in your house? I'm in my house. I'm in my apartment. No, I am. Are you sure? You're in your house. I'm in my house. No way. We are out in the woods where they live. We are camping in their environment. We keep encroaching and fucking with them. Now, I'm not saying don't go camping. Go camping. But treat it as a risk. Don't treat it as dominance. Treat it as a risk. Just do. Guess what? It's a risk if you break into my house. It's a risk, right? Maybe I'm home. Maybe I hear you. Maybe I blow your fucking head off, right? Maybe that's what happens. Maybe I'm not home. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe I'm not home. But maybe my dog's here. Maybe my dog bites your hand off, right? What if um, my wife's here? She stabs you in the neck. You don't, see, it's a risk, right? It's a risk. 
the thing is, it's mine. We've just decided the earth is ours versus sharing. Sharing is caring only when it comes to actually sharing this bullshit, right? And we all know that. Did I tell you guys about this? Do a little quick tangent about sharing here, okay? Sharing is absolute 100% a lie we tell children and we need to stop. What you need to do is talk to them about the concept of what do you not mind if other people touch and play with, right? What do you not mind? Like, come over to my house. You can, you can sit on my couch. You can, right? You can come over here. I'll offer you a beer. I will, I've invited you over for a drink. I will share my beer. I am 100% down with that, and I don't care, right? I just don't. It's fine. I'm all good, man. I'm all good. But if I'm walking down the street, and I'm with my wife, right? And there's another guy with his wife. And let's say I just met him and we're chatting. And the guy goes, I got to go to the store. Jason, give me your keys to your car. And I go, uh, no. And my wife goes, hey, we just met them. Be nice. Sharing is caring. That's bullshit, right? right well, that's what we tell kids to do with their favorite stuff all the time, right? Sharing is caring when it's the stuff you want to share or it's applicable to share. But this other stuff, come on, man, stop. I know that's a little bit of a reach. I know it's a little bit aggressive. Kid's going to die soon. And his little bunny, I think, is going to die as well. I hope his bunny actually dies first, right? It's cute. They got the white picket fence out in the woods. Oh, there you go, buddy. You just got your, you got your other bunny? Oh, that's cute. Look, he's got his little bunnies. And here comes the bear. Rawr. Uh-oh. 20 feet tall. Mom just witnessed a child. I can't believe they actually showed. Oh, wow. This bear's just grabbing onto this kid, hugging him, and the mom's beating this 20-foot-tall, 18-foot-tall bear. Kid's got no arms, no legs, and now the mom is, well, she's gone now too, right? I mean, the bear is just, the acting by this bear, this bear should have gotten an Academy Award. It's raw. It's, it's amazing. You know, I had a bunny once. I really did. Bunny's name was Lily. Lily the bunny. And let me tell you two things about bunnies. One, they are super cute and fun. They can use a litter box like a cat, right? They can, uh, but it's where they poop, right? So our bunny decided in the house the first place it pooped was right, right next to the dinner table. So we decided, nope. So we taught the bunny how to go outside, scratching the door to go outside to poop. And man, bunnies shit a lot. Folks, bunnies shit a lot. You cannot imagine how much bunnies shit. You can't. You, you, you can't wrap your head around it, okay? Miles and miles of big brown piles. Here we go. There's little tiny pellets everywhere. Everywhere. It's, it's insane. So I'm out playing with my bunny. I'm in, I think, a fifth grade, sixth grade, maybe sixth grade. I'm out playing with my bunny in Montana. Rural area, outside of, outside of whitefish. You know, real pretty, real nice. Got a nice little house. Got a big yard. There's my bunny hopping around. You know, just doing its thing. And, uh, well, a hawk came down and took my bunny. <laughs> it just, there goes the bunny. <laughs> and the bunny was gone. Much like how this bear just took this lady's child, right? We were outside in its environment. It was circling around. And, you know what? It was hungry. And I had a little baby French lobster grab it. I bought it from my buddy, Brian Westfall. Brian Westfall was breeding and selling French lop-eared rabbits. It was crazy. I mean, this, dude, Whitefish, Montana. I don't know, he was selling for like five bucks, I think, or ten bucks. I mean, it was super cheap. 
they were cheap for even those standards. And it, a lily was a tan <clears throat> and white. And I think the reason, you know, the French lop-eared rabbit, right? I think that's what actually had me fall in love then with the basset hound, right? Because the basset hound has the long floppy ears as well. First basset hound was Memphis Bell. Second one here is Banjo Bernard. You know, old Banjo I had to rescue. There was a lady who was actually attempting to, uh, to breed bassets. And then some floods came seven years ago. Real bad floods in the Bastrop area of Texas. I had a big four-wheel drive, and not only did I drive out to a ranch, I had to cross a bridge where water was flowing across it still. There was that much water still, pulling up this muddy road, burp, 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 get up there, and she's just got all of her, literally all of her animals in cages. I mean, she has her goats in there, her chickens in there, and these poor bats, and she's like, we just take it, we just please, I mean, you know, I thought I was going to be an animal breeder, and these floods, and her, her barn got washed away. Her whole barn got washed away. She was stuck. She was stuck. And so, you know what, helped her out, helped her out and uh, became great. You know, as I, as I earlier just cursed at my dog for drinking water too loud, now he's, you know, slightly snoring. He's probably going to kick up the snoring a little bit louder. He's just a knucklehead. He, just, he has no, obviously, folks, he has no concept of what doing, recording, what's going on. But I can tell you this, if you've got nothing going on, he's got nothing going on. If you have anything sort of going on, that little fucking dog, that's all he does. He just waits. You like you get up and get some water. He's like, oh, you're getting some water. I'm gonna lay here. That's nice. Okay. Are you sitting down? Did you just get really comfortable? You're back in your spot, and you're gonna you're about to turn your show back on. Can you let me out now? Oh, okay. So now I'm back in, right? We got our spot. I'm back in. Perfect. Are you sitting down? You turn your show on. Okay. I'm gonna drink water now, really loud. Oh, are you done now? Okay. I'm gonna sit down. Thank you. Oh, you know what? Can you give me a treat real quick? And he's. In, he's insistent. You, you've, you've never met a dog that just goes and he goes and he wears you down. He's got this mind, you know, and I think it's their nose, right? Like they follow a scent, it's their mind. He's got this mind, he just does it. He just sits there and pokes at you, pokes his nose at you, pokes and pokes and pokes and pokes. You're like, hey, I get it. No. And you say no to him and he spins around. He's like, yeah, that means I'm getting closer because he went from ignoring me and just kind of patting me on the head and scratching my chin to now, now, now I got him. Now he's responded. Now I've heard his voice. Now I'm going to do it again. I'm going to stand there and stand there and poke and bug and bump his hands if he's trying to type and, you know, he'll be to do anything. And then finally you break down because you do, you break down. You're like, it's just a bone. Just give him a fucking bone. Just do it. Just, it's a bone. Who cares? Right? So we do that. We get it. Bada boom, bada bing. And then he's got to chew the bone. And he can't just chew the bone in silence. He can't just chew the bone away from you. No, no, no. That's too easy. It's way too easy. He's got to be next to you. But if you try to move him, then he growls because he thinks you're trying to take his bone. He's just, what he is, he's an asshole, right? And that's okay. He had a rough life before I rescued him, right? He just did. He was out in some weird place. There was flood. He got taken away from his brothers and sisters. And obviously, my complaints are, are quite, you know, they're dumb. Right? They really are. And I know they're dumb. They still get frustrating, but they're dumb. They're dumb, dumb complaints. Hey, uh, our people are finally figuring something out. They're trying to lure the bear to a location with a dead deer. Yeah, it's a pretty good-sized buck. You get a little four-point buck, a little white tail. I'm sure the bear smells that flesh, right? But, he's, but guess what? Here's the thing that they're missing. They are really missing one, one crucial element. The bear is hungry for human flesh. So if you want to do this right, and I think you do, I think if you are, you know, one of these park rangers, 
and you really want to do this right, and you really, really want to make it special, you got to go to the local prison, get someone on death row, and you got to hang them up. Now, there's a concept, right? So if the bear is, is really wanting some human flesh, right? If that's what that bear wants is a little bit of human flesh, give it to him, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And give him a little death row inmate action, right? Jason, what if that person's innocent? I can't believe... Stop. Calm down. Relax. Hang a dead... Don't hang him. You know, it's not like hang him high. You just want to tie him up to a tree. You're not going to get eaten as long as these guys are good shots. If they're bad shots, it's a, it's a different situation. <laughs> but I think they're pretty good shots. I mean, they are park rangers. I would assume their guns are sighted in. I would assume they're ready. This bear is big. He's got some big old feet paws on him. Got some nice teeth. Got a good hunch. Got a big nose. But also, you got to worry about this bear because he's got a he's got a hunger for human flesh. He's going to sneak up behind you and eat you, right? He doesn't necessarily have to eat the deer. That's why I'm saying if you pung up, if you had a person there and that person's screaming and freaking out, the bear knows it's too easy, man. And deer don't stand like that. <laughs> yeah, the bear knows. The bear knows, and these guys once again, he's got bold action. Look at that, scared the bear away. Scared the fucking bear away, because you got a loud, noisy, bold action gun. You fucking donkey, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna run and chase after a bear, man. You should be getting in that helicopter. Get it up, fly it up. You know which direction it's kind of running, right? It's huge. 18, 20 feet tall. It's a pretty long, big bear. Boy, he rumbles and jumbles, man. That's a, bears are beautiful. They really are beautiful, majestic animals. That said, they'll kill you. They'll eat your face right off. Just like a cougar will, just like a bobcat will, just like any, well, pretty much any house cat will. You give a Siamese cat the option between some, you know, tidy cats and your eyeballs, it, trust me, it's going to take your eyeballs every time especially if you have blue eyes i don't know what it is about blue eyes and siamese cats they love eating people's blue eyes it's you can google it it's a scientific fact that i just made up right now so think about that before you buy your kid or your family a house cat know this if you die in your house if you're dead in your house right a dog will lay next to you and just starve the dog is just going to lay next to you and starve and poor dog is gonna be like man i can't believe bob's dead can't believe Susie's passed away. I can't believe it. Horrible. Horrible. You die and you have a cat? The cat's like, fuck. I'm eating some eyes. All right? Obviously, I'm not getting fancy feast tonight. Obviously. That's okay. No problem. I'm just going to eat my owner. Because that's what they do. Because they're crazy. This dude. So you have two guys that set up some bait tried to trick a bear, the bear was too smart, and they're in a helicopter flying around. And now you've got the reverend out here, this asshole, Captain Fur, with his weird hat. He's got his, he's out on horseback. Bro, let me tell you, you are gonna get got, sir. There's gotta be one more death, right? We've had, well, we've had five, six people die already. I mean, this bear's hunting for human flesh. You gotta, you gotta understand, it's gonna, it's gonna get you. Just leave that. You see, once again, if you had a person there and they were screaming, you would have got your bear. All right? Give these prisoners something to do. Let them have a little fun. You know, give them a little rush. Let them get out of their cell. Get some fresh air. Go to the mountains. Hike around a little bit. You know, tie them to a tree. Not like on the tree, like, you know, around. Like you tie a rope around the tree and you need to tie it to their ankle. Make it a chain. Cuff them. Right? 
really, really make it enticing, but also that they can't get away because I don't. They're on death row for a reason, and I'll tell you, it's not tax evasion. Okay, it's not. You're not going to death row because all of a sudden you didn't pay your taxes one year. You're at death row because you did something really fucked up and wrong, or a super racist judicial system. One of the two, right? And if you find the judge who did that, we'll change the judge up instead, right? And if you get, like, I think that's the other thing. Right? You know, one last thing. And that is the fact or the idea that we really don't hold people accountable. Like we really, and, and the media really, really wants to hold Trump accountable for what happened at the Capitol. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I really don't. But you didn't hold the people accountable for weapons of mass destruction. <clears throat> you didn't hold them accountable for that lie. Right? You just, you didn't. We don't hold judges accountable when they put someone away for life or, or attorneys who hide evidence. We don't hold them accountable. All right, they're not they're not kicked off every social media platform. They're not blackballed in society. They're not told to stay away, to go away, to never talk. And you ruined someone's lives or maybe multiple lives, right? You just have. And you're not you're not held accountable the same way. You can say, well, the weight of accountability is also based on the fact or the idea or the concept of of, of the position of power. Fair. I'm just saying that we don't hold people accountable. I understand, and it is tragic what has happened with COVID. It is tragic what happened at the Capitol. It is tragic what has happened in society today. It really is. But we can either learn from it and grow, right? We can learn from it and grow. Be like, man, you know what? We really thought we were cruising along. Eight years of Obama, we thought we were cruising along. This fucking crazy cohort comes into our lives, and my goodness, man, the throttle's at 100 every day. There's, there's no relenting. There's, there's no, everything is just, we're redlining this thing to death, right? We're just, we're, 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 we're pushing, we're pushing a little too hard. Every single day, just nonstop aggression, right? And guess we found out, oh man, we, we really haven't healed or fixed anything. And not only have we not healed or fixed anything, but in the world of not healing or fixing anything, in that world, and then you're redlining everything, Man, tensions are higher. Reactions are more aggressive. And, oh, yeah, that's right. There's also no education. That's also true. So we got, we got a lot of things going on, right? There's, there's a lot of things happening that, that, that create these scenarios. But accountability is the other one, right? And we just don't do it. Now, a lot of people have died from COVID. How many millions of people have died from the longest war in American history? How many? And have we held the people who lied to get us in that accountable? No, we haven't. They're still working and doing stuff. So if all lives matter, if this really is true, and I'm, once again, I'm, I'm not against going after Trump and the other Republicans for stoking the fire. I'm not against it at all, right? They, could, they should have been more responsible. Ted Cruz, you need to, you know, oh man, I could say some things. I'm not going to because I'm, I'm trying to be really positive here and just say, hey, but you got to go after them all. Republicans and Democrats. The Republicans during this, or the the, de the Democrats during the summer, they were talking. Why aren't there more people riot? I'm surprised there's not more people riding the streets. I'm surprised more buildings aren't burning. I'm sur you're surprised? Well, it was happening, and you were stoking the flames of it. You were. Why aren't hold them accountable? Hold them accountable. All right, you have to. The fact that you now have people on TV saying you need to deprogram, you know that the people of they voted for Trump need to go from deprogramming. You know, they just need to go, whoa, 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 whoa. The beautiful thing about this country is we, we don't all think alike. Once again, this comes back to education, right? We don't all think alike, and we shouldn't all think alike. It's dangerous 
to have everyone thinking alike. It just is. We are a common marketplace of ideas. We got here because we don't see or address problems the exact same way each time. And that's a good thing. You want multiple avenues of success. You want multiple avenues of, uh, and, and outcomes and then let people decide which one's best, right? Maybe two or three are best. That's why we have a Ford, a GM, and a Chevy. They all have four wheels. They all have an engine. They all run on gas. They all got seats and seat belts, right? They all do, but they're also all subtly different. They are because their design is different. Their concept is different. Their horsepower, their, their torque, it's different. It's not all the same because we're not all the same. Right? So it's, it's okay to think differently. It's okay to make mistakes. For, for everyone, you know, on the left, you know, I, I heard AOC say, oh, man, we, the, the, the suppressed southern states, you know, it's been going on for so long. Well, let's remember, the suppressed southern states started with slavery and Democrats, okay? Just do a little history. Do a little digging before you jump on a bandwagon, before, before you go after things. Just do a little bit and understand that we've all done something wrong. Now, does that justify or does, does that placate anything that, that, that's happening with, with minorities in this country? No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. We've got a lot more work to do. But we actually have to do the work again, right? So you've got to do the education, you've got to do the work. How many cities are sitting down monthly after what happened this summer with minority leaders and business leaders asking how things are and is everything okay? And what can we do better? And what can we build off of? How many? You know, I'm going to go the answer is zero. Okay? Zero. So if it's zero and that's what's going on, we're broken. We're really broken, man. And that is, that's terrible because then all you're doing is just putting a Band-Aid on something, right? You're just putting a, ooh, here's the bear. Horse's head is knocked off, all right? Talk about a Band-Aid. Talk about something you can't fix. Oh my gosh, that bear literally knocked the horse's head right off. Walking up on his two feet, sir, sir, you are gonna die. Oh, and there he goes. Now that's interesting. The bear swiped and the horse's head went flying right off. Okay. Then the bear swiped at him. He must really work out like the rock workout or do a really good neck workout because the he swiped and uh, wouldn't you know it, his head's still on. His head is still on. Those bears drooling. This bear is looking at him and he's drooling. Is the bear trying to cover him up with dirt? Is the bear burying this gentleman because he's such a, a natural hunter? It looks like he is. That's a smart bear, man. This bear is, oh my goodness, this bear is, he honors the dead of the true hunters. It's amazing. It is amazing. You know, he has, he, at least he has social responsibility in some capacity, right? He's got some responsibility. Good for him. He's really buried him. Did a really good job burying him for a bear. Very impressed with the burying skills of this bear. Good job, buddy. I'm real proud of you. I hope they don't take you out, man. I hope you just go away and uh, enjoy your life moving forward. That would be fantastic. Come on, Bear. Uh-oh. Guess what? I don't think this guy's dead. Bear, I think you I think you jumped the gun. I think you picked the fight with the wrong guy. This is like a, a, a remix of The Reverend meets Grizzly meets the National Parks. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want some more of it. This is fantastic, folks. What a story. What a gripping, gripping story, man. You've got to be kidding me. But the horse is gone. you got to honor the death of that horse. I'll tell you that much. It is just, it's nuts. You know, I like that they're flying the chopper. Like the bear can't hear that chopper. 
But I bet this guy gets his revenge. I hope he does. I hope he sets a trap and gets his revenge or at least comes home. You know, these guys, they're, uh, they're rocking and rolling. It is just absolutely crazy. And I'll tell you what, there is going to be in one way or another. This guy, dude, here comes the bear. Here it comes. They landed the helicopter. The bear is coming. The helicopter is overheated. His buddy can't get out fast enough. You got to be careful how you shoot, man. Come on. Oh, you got a scope? Boom. Missed him. Boom. Got him. Come on. You got to keep shooting. Come on. Dude, he's 20 feet tall. He's thousands of pounds. If he lands on your friend, that's why you don't bolt action. Bolt action. No semi-automatic, man. Come on now. Come on. And broken. Dude, he's just dying. One last death. Dude. What, what is he? What's his bolt action? That must be the worst bolt action of all time. I'll tell you what. I guarantee an interruption's coming. I can guarantee you that. He's got to get that bazooka. Where is that bazooka? Oh, there you go. There it is. Come on, son. Come on, get it. Come on. He's building the tension, the mount. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. Here comes the bear. Here come and stands. And what do you got? Ooh, shoot it, bro. Pull the trigger. Let him get a little closer. A little closer. Come on. Jesus, man. This guy is the worst park ranger of all time. Doesn't even know how to... Oh. Shot him with a grenade launcher and blew the bear up into a million little pieces. Folks, I've ranted about everything under the sun. Responsibility. You know, loving the environment. Uh, politics. Just, you know, education. Ugh. Man, I'm all over the place. Grizzly 2. It's coming out soon. We've got to do Grizzly 1. I'm doing Grizzly 2. Then we're going to get John. We're going to do Faces of Death. We're going to do a couple more Grizzlies. These are going to be solos. I like talking to you guys. I really do. I hope you guys uh, like listening. I love you all very much. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Have respect for one another. Be patient for one another the best you can. And most importantly, you know what? Hey, man. Be kind to yourself. All right? Take care of yourself. I need you guys to listen more and re respond and just be out there and, 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 and share good thoughts and good energy. All right? Nothing but love, party people. Nothing but love. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah.